Welcome to Pickens Football Weekly, presented by Appalachian Gun Range. I'm your host, Tucker Green, alongside my colleague, Jess Walker, on 93.7 and 98.1 FM, Tri-State Communications Sports Network, your go-to for Pickens football all season long, this 22 football season. Uh, We're very excited about uh, this show in particular uh, that is part of our extended coverage uh, we're going to be uh, bringing to you a weekly show, Pickens Football Weekly, thanks to our sponsor, Appalachian Gun Range, where we will look back at uh, the Friday before uh, to discuss uh, kind of uh, what uh, was the status of that game, highlights, uh, and we'll also have a preview of the upcoming Friday football game for the Pickens High School Dragon Varsity football team. Uh, and we're just very excited for the opportunity to bring it to uh, uh, this coverage, extended coverage, uh, to Dragon fans, aren't we, Jess? Yes, we are. And this is just uh, one small piece of of a wide array of new additions we've got this year. I think this will be uh, interesting for both of us and for fans, listeners, parents to be able to, uh, if, if they missed the game last week, if they, you know, kind of caught pieces, bits and pieces of it, this will be a uh, good chance for to go back over how that went. Um, and then we will uh, also week to week, uh, most times, I think we'll have head coach Grant Myers on if if not him or additional uh, coaches and or players every week. So that'll uh, be another side that maybe some fans have never got exposure to in the past, and we're happy to be able to provide that this year. Yeah, I think it'll be a good opportunity for the fans to be able to hear weekly from these, uh, from at least head coach Myers as well as others from the staff and the team and really get a firsthand account uh, to how the season's going. So uh, that's going to be nice. Now, of course, the Dragons have their season opener last Friday. We were uh, we covered that all night long, literally. And uh, they had their season opener on uh, the road at Sonorville High School. Um, game time scheduled last Friday for 7.30. Ended up being an hour and a half in lane, uh, lane, rain and lightning delays, inclement weather. They ended up kicking off about 9 p.m., Jess. Uh, so we had an extended uh, uh, pregame show and coverage uh, late night on Friday night. Uh, unfortunately, the Dragons um, did not prevail in that season opener, ended up uh, losing 27-15, and I know you're going to go through that a little more piece by piece uh, here in a moment. But uh, – um, they did open up on uh, Friday night 0-1 now to start the season here, this 22 fall season. Um, of course, you would almost maybe have to think weather maybe had an impact on the game for sure Friday night in some capacity. The weather could have had an impact a little bit. There was a flat start. I was I was actually thinking about this morning. I opened up our broadcast with a joke about uh, the Dragons and the Phoenix and about how uh, Phoenix, uh, when they're burned, they're reborn from the ashes, Dragons bring fire. And I made the joke that we could be there all night. Uh, little did I know what bit of foreshadowing I was doing at that time. Uh, but, yes, we uh, had the hour-and-a-half weather delay. Well, that's going to be a big point that we talked to about with Coach Myers, uh, see what exactly – went down behind the scenes, uh, how they keep their players in the moment there, not let them lose focus, that sort of thing. But they uh, they did come out a little flat. They, they elected to receive the kick, went three and out first drive, uh, turned right around to a long drive by Snorville that ended with quarterback Jackson Pates. You'll be hearing his name a lot. He had an outstanding game. Uh, ended on a, a touchdown pass from him to running back Zach Lyles at about seven-minute mark in the first quarter. And then you'll remember we had that uh, – 
big drive, uh, showing signs of life from the offense, drove it all the way down inside the Sonorville five-yard line, but we just couldn't cash it in. Uh, went f- four downs, turnover on downs with about a minute left in the first quarter, and then we turned right around and, and lost that field position on the big 30-yard pass right there. So uh, even when you turn it over on a fourth, fourth and downs like that on a fourth and goal, uh, you benefit from that good field position, and unfortunately, Sonorville took it right away from us in the first quarter. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, like you said, probably a little bit of a flat start for the Dragons and and what they were expecting coming in. But now, as you've already kind of noted, take nothing away from the Snorville Phoenix. They were were a capable football team, a good football team. Um, And as you noted, particularly uh, Jackson Pate, we saw him um, and a few other standouts, uh, Keegan Townsend and probably as well as uh, the big tight end, I'm going blank right now, Jeff. Ridge Red. Ridge yeah, Red. And Pate's, um, Pate's big game, uh, it, it, it continued throughout the first half. You know, he, he caps off that drive with a uh, touchdown run, about six minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, we turn around then. Pickens has turnover on downs, and then he comes right off that turnover on downs and runs 47 yards uh, to to the end zone to make it 20 nothing. That was where we uh, benefited from that penalty in a blocked PAT. And then, of course, we had uh, maybe some weather impact the, ne- the next big play, which is the fumble on the ensuing kickoff. Luckily, Pickens was able to force a turnover on downs and limit it to 20 nothing at the half, but that's, that's quite a big deficit that we were in at halftime. It was. Uh, no doubt Coach Myers had to make adjustments in the locker room at the half, um, but we saw that, I feel like, translated uh, into the third quarter, even, even pretty quickly uh, into the third quarter. It did look like a different team. Um, for us uh, being able to, to, to see the adjustments on both sides of the ball uh, for the Dragons, and they were able to uh, to kind of work on that deficit some, Jeff. They did, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to him too about what adjustments were made at halftime, what, uh, what kind of motivation he gave to the team, that sort of thing, because they did look uh, a lot stronger on both sides of the football uh, for most of the third quarter, punts and, or turnovers on downs were, were traded back and forth between both teams until uh, one of the biggest plays of the night on our end, Kobe Brooks broke that uh, 54-yard touchdown run on the end of round with about three minutes left. The Dragons picked up a lot of momentum then. Uh, it's 20-7 to at that point, down two scores. And unfortunately, uh, they had to end the third quarter with that tough face face mask they pushed Snorville to a fourth and 18 like like mentioned the momentum had a ton of momentum uh Snorville decides they're going to try a fake punt on the fourth and 18 the Dragons stop them but uh, gets to no avail because of the face mask penalty which was uh you could kind of feel it suck the momentum out of the team the crowd and and even out of me and you yeah that was a crucial call no doubt in that game pivotal call and and coach Myers had discussions at that point with the officials he didn't appear to get too animated on the field from our viewpoint but he certainly did have discussions with them that's probably something we're going to talk to him about here in a few minutes when we bring him on the show yeah i would like a uh, inside look as into what was taking place if he saw it because uh, we discussed on the broadcast uh, from an official standpoint that is the kind of thing that needs to be blatant and obvious if you're going to throw it we call it an elephant in the officiating game at least in, on the basketball side so if you're going to make a call like that it needs to be an elephant uh, the fourth quarter after that was uh, kind of when Snorville put the nail in the coffin Jackson Pate added to his large night with, a, with another touchdown pass to Keenan Tom, uh, <laughs> Townsend to make it 27-7 to 7. 
and after that, we just had some stat padding. We did have the big uh, pass from, from Stryker to Caden Hampton, about 66 yards down to the 10, and Miguel Salto finished it off to make the score look a, a little bit closer, some positivity to take with us into, into next week, but still a, a tough outing for the first game of the season for the Dragons. Yeah, it was a, was a tough loss, and uh, again, that first half really kind of setting the pace and almost a deficit too tough for the Dragons to overcome throughout the game. We're going to get much more insight on what took place f- last Friday night from Coach Myers here in just a little while. But while we are looking back at week one, just maybe uh, bring up to speed the viewers what it looked like around the region. Yeah, I will. Um Unfortunately, uh, which I, I say unfortunately, it doesn't have a lot of impact on playoffs or standings. Most of the schools in the region came up with a win other than us. Uh, Lumpkin started off 61-7 to to Riverside Military Academy. Uh, a huge win as, as far as uh, point differential goes. Riverside, I should point out, they, uh, they're a private school, small private school out of Gainesville. They're not currently affiliated with any GHSA uh, region, but nonetheless, uh, a win for Lumpkin where wins have been hard to come by for that program lately. Uh, Wesleyan, who's expected to be a, a force in the region, took a 25-6 to victory over Mount Vernon. Actually, I saw this morning Wesleyan moved into the top 10 in Georgia High School Football Daily's uh, Class 3A ranking, so that's going to be a force to be reckoned with in our region. Uh, our neighbors to the north, Gilmer, come up with a 32-13 to victory over Lakeview Fort Oglethorpe. That's a big... Uh, needed victory for a Gilmer program that's much on the rebuild. White County 35 to 14 over North Hall. North Hall was actually a former member of this region. They bumped up classification this year and they they were somewhat tough in the region last year so that uh, signs of positivity for White. Rounding out those that had victories, Dawson 28 to 21 over Jackson County who's a 6A school so Dawson uh, we expect a lot from this year and they certainly showed it in their opener. The lone other region team with a loss was West Hall losing 14 to 19 to their crosstown rivals in East Hall. I wanted to throw in two uh, mainly just because we uh, relate a lot with this school. They're they're close geographically and we'll face them in a couple weeks Fannin dropped a shocker 7 to 14 to Union uh, they were favored by 20 points by an, an uh, account site we like to use Northwest Georgia football and they led 7-0 at the half so I, I'll be looking forward to hearing uh, more about maybe if Fannin's had a little drop off from their last two strong seasons or if that was just a, a blimp for them on the schedule yeah very interesting I know that uh, fan loss caught a lot of people by surprise uh, particularly with the recent success they've had and and significant for us not only the similarities but the dragons will face them in two weeks so uh be interesting to get a little more insight into uh, how they're looking um that is the recap from week one we're excited uh, to be bringing on here uh, after the break head coach grant myers who's going to give us a little more insight about uh, behind the scenes friday night and as well as preview as we look ahead to the game this Friday at North Murray that, of course, we will cover on Tri-State Communications Sports Network with a pregame Northside Hospital pregame show beginning at 7 p.m. and a kickoff at 7.30 again this Friday. Stay with us on the Pickens Football Weekly Show presented by Appalachian Gun Range. We'll have an interview with Coach Myers as well as Outlook for this Friday's game on 93.7 and 98.1 FM. 
Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper. Welcome back now to Pickens Football Weekly presented by Appalachian Gun Range on 93.7 and 98.1 FM. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker, and now we're joined by head football coach for the Pickens Dragons, Grant Myers. Uh, again, as we talked about, uh, the Dragons opening up uh, their 22 season last uh, Friday at Sonorville High School. Um, unfortunately, ended up in a, in a 27-15 loss to open the season. Start with uh, the weather delay, inclement weather in the area on Friday ended up delaying kickoff by about an hour and a half. Um, what, uh, how did that impact the game, Coach, and, and how do you keep your team focused, ready in the locker room, prepared uh, to come out, especially with the unknowns, uh, you know, as it, those delays kind of 30 minutes at a time, didn't know when you'd be taking the field, stuff like that. Uh, so just as far as it, happened there on the field we were just about to get off uh we were finishing up our uh last bit of pregame special team stuff where we would have punted the ball out of the end zone and then kicked uh three pats and then taking it back to the locker room so you know it didn't affect our pregame warm-up too much uh however once you know we get back there in the locker room there's really no set plan for that because you don't know if it's going to be a 30-minute delay or an hour and 30-minute delay or a three-hour delay. So you can't get all tense and uptight. You can't let the kids get tense and uptight. You know, you need to keep them off their feet. But uh, letting them stay, you know, loose enough to where they're not starting to get tense and really just the biggest thing we focused on was making sure that they were hydrated. But uh, around the time that we felt like it was time for uh, – you know, us to get ready to start warming up, that's when get them all up, get their pads back on them, you know, because we had them take their pads off and get off their feet, but get their pads back on them, get them up, and just refocus them on a football. Uh, the gym that we were in didn't have AC. It actually was blowing heat in there, so we didn't have to worry about technically getting our bodies warmed back up. But just as far as refocusing the central nervous system and locking back in on a football game, that's where we tried to really put a lot of energy towards. And so – now, I, I don't uh, – not asking you to make an excuse, nor do I think you would make one, but do you feel like that it affected how the team came out, whether it made them come out a little flat or anything like that? Well, I, I don't want to say that – I, I don't want to use that as a reason that we didn't perform right, well right. in the and first Right, right, and that's, that's not know, what I'm getting at either. Um, but when you look at it, sure, there's a bunch of factors. We're at a place that we're unfamiliar with. Uh, we're on a grass field. This will be the only great game that we play on a grass field this year. And, uh, you know, also, if kids had been up since, you know, let's say 6 o'clock, well, now you're looking at 9 o'clock start time. They've been awake for 15 hours, and they've got to get ready to go perform. And I understand their kids got to do the same thing there. But there is just a little bit more of a familiarity if you're doing it at home. Again, there's no – I'm not going to rationalize why we did not start fast because of the weather delay, but it certainly didn't help matters. So, as we kind of talked about coming out a little flat, we already know going into halftime it was 20-0. Um, kind, of, kind of fast forward to that. What, what is your message to the locker, 
at, at halftime at the locker room? Because clearly there was adjustments. You mm -hmm. performed much better in the second half than the first half. What was your message at, at halftime to the team? Well, guy, I mean, just being plain and, you know, very honest with it, we uh, we should have been down at absolutely worse 14 to 7. You know, we have a chance to go in and score and tie it 7 to 7. We don't score right there. And then on that same drive that they get the ball back, um, we rough the passer on a uh, fourth down that he's just throwing it away right there. Uh, so we're off the field there. So you're talking about a 14-point swing. Um, you know, we fumble the ball on a, a kickoff return. Um, you know, the defense was on the field far too much. You know, some by their own accord as far as not getting off the field like we talked about with, you know, an ignorant fourth down penalty. But also, uh, you know, offensively, we've got to do a better job of moving the chains and uh, generating some offense to keep those guys on the sideline and trying to make some defensive adjustments. So the biggest thing was, guys, you've got to believe in, like, you, you've got to see that we're fully capable of coming back and winning this football game. Um, but it's not just going to happen. Like, we've got to lock in and everybody's got to focus on doing their job each individual play and not trying to win the game so much as win that play. And you saw the results that we came out in the second half and we were much more crisp. Um, you know, we had some opportunities there and, and, you know, there were some things that also just didn't go our way. And maybe one of those things I know I'm interested to hear your answer on, we talked about the uh, rough fourth down penalty with the rough and the passer. Uh, the face mask on that fourth and 18, the fake punt, uh, that was something that we felt like momentum was coming back our way. Uh, it stole a little bit from us. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the play. Um, I've talked a lot with Tucker from an official's point of view uh, to me, which I, I'm on a different sport, but – if I'm going to make a call of that impact, uh, it needs to be blatant and obvious. What did you see? What did we saw you talking with the official? What what all was going down on the field? Well, here's the the call was actually not a face mask. They called a personal foul, roughing the snapper. Okay. Um, and so we went ten man block, and when we do that, we do double A gap rushers, and we teach the inside rusher that would be closest to the snapper they are to swim and you can see on the film that we swim over top of him so we we don't touch but they're I can only assume I, I can't say this for fact but that their sideline was saying that we we're covering up the center and the ref's explanation to me was we were that we blew the center up well the center doesn't fall down the center is not actually even, or the, excuse me the long snapper is not even touched so yeah um I don't think it was warranted call. I don't think that it, uh, you know, what they said did not match the description of what the film that I watched was, uh, you know, and it's very unfortunate because, like you said, football's a game about momentum. And with momentum, um, you know, it, it, it can come really quick and it can go really fast. And so we lost some momentum right there. And my conversation with the official right there is, you, you know, you're making a call right here that is a huge call, so you, you yeah. better be right. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Um, just from that, from that having that side of it, if you if you're gonna do something like that, it, it needs to be uh, everyone in the in the stadium needs to know it. Uh, it has to be clean, clear cut, that sort of thing. So uh, it's good to get that point of view. As to see, we didn't we don't have the benefit of um, microphones and stuff like that. We we knew a personal foul was called based on the signal. We were assuming uh, face masks of some of that sort. But uh, it's good to get that in, in, input from you on how exactly that went down out there. 
Yeah, tell us now. You know, uh, we, we're talking about some of the things not necessarily going our way, but there there was some some I think good takeaways, positive takeaways on the night as well. What was some of the players, um, or maybe not even just players, but maybe some things y'all executed well? That some of the positive takeaways from Friday night from you as as the head coach. Uh, second half, we played the run a lot better. Um, I think Trevor Morgan had a really good game at linebacker. Um, I think we we got better on the defensive line in the second half. We we started rotating a little bit more, and I think that helped us be a little bit more fresh and have a little bit more juice and pop. So that that was something that uh, stood out to me there from a defensive standpoint. Offensively, Bryson Callahan had a very good game at center. Uh, he's turned into a pretty good high school football player for us. Um, you know, uh, I think we, um, we're, we're starting to get more physical running the football in the second half, and that's something that's going to have to translate into this week and down the road. Um, and then special teams-wise, uh, Charlie Gibbons did a good job kicking the ball off. Uh, our kickoff return team set up some really good blocks all night. Um, unfortunately, we had one fumble there, uh, and that's going to be a point of emphasis moving forward. Um, you know, but ultimately, a lot of uh, what we're looking at with the kids is, guys, you've got to make improvements week to week. Each week, you've got to get a little bit better and get a little bit better and get a little bit better. We can't just go out and do the same thing and expect different results. Like, that's the definition of insanity. So we have to, like, process these are the things that we did not do well. These are the ways that we must improve on them and then put those things into action. We'll uh, close up here with what all do you know about North Murray already and uh, your expectations for this upcoming Friday? Uh, Well-coached football team, very explosive offensively. Quarterback's good player. They've got a good receiver. They've got a good slot-type receiver. Back runs the ball hard. Pretty solid up front from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, they um, are four down front like what we saw against Sonoraville. you know, gave up some uh, yards rushing there to Dalton last week. But, um, you know, Dalton, watching the film, Dalton's back. He's a very, very good football player, and uh, they, they're good up front. So we're going to have to try and replicate some of those same uh, production just in finding ways to attack mismatches and some weak links in the armor that we see for them. Um, you know, expectations for the game is our expectations don't change. We expect to be competitive and have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter every time we play. Um, you know, that, that's our message to the kids. Unfortunately, you know, I make, putting together this schedule, this, this is the best – there are no cupcakes on it, I, non-region-wise. The, the cupcakes didn't want to play us. You know, I, I, I don't know any other way to say it. So, we've got to play quality. You know, Sonoraville is a quality 4A team. North Murray is a quality 2A team. Fannin will be a quality 2A team. Christian Heritage will be a really good private school team. So, all of those things, you know – we're going to have to come, and like I talked about in the preseason kickoff, we as coaches have to bring our A game every week, and we're going to have to get better at starting fast. Um, you, one of the things that we have to do to be successful is start faster. We cannot dig ourselves in 20-point holes and expect to come back. Uh, we're just not, we're not there yet. So we've got to start quicker. Coach, as always, appreciate your insight, and we're excited uh for the opportunity for the team on Friday night, traveling North Murray to hopefully bounce back. And, uh, of course, we'll have coverage uh, Friday night, uh, pregame show starting at 7 and, and regular games starting at 7.30. So we just uh, we appreciate uh, the work you're doing and for coming on the show.
Absolutely, guys. I appreciate what y'all are doing for Pickens football, and uh, I'm excited to get back out there and have a chance to compete. Thank you. Stay with us on uh, 93.7 and 98.1 FM. You're listening to Pickens Football Weekly presented by Appalachian Gun Range. On the other side, we'll have a little more outlook for this Friday's game against North Murray. Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper. Welcome back now to Pickens Football Weekly. You're uh, listening to uh, 93.7 and 98.1 FM Tri-State Communications Sports Network. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. Um, want to again thank our uh, our sponsor for making this weekly coverage possible Appalachian Gun Range located down off Highway 515 and 108. Uh, good interview there, Jess, with uh, Coach Myers. Always good to get the head coaches uh, inside on what took place Friday and kind of what they're thinking, what the, what the thoughts are and talk is behind the scenes uh, uh, as they start this 22 season out 0-1 and now trying to look and stay focused on this Friday's matchup against North Murray. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I know some folks might uh, tune in for X's and O's type stuff. I enjoyed most hearing about uh, what exactly went down uh, with the weather delay, all that hour and a half, how they kept them busy, what was, what was going on on their end. And, two, I, I was really looking forward to – hearing about uh, that call at the end of the third quarter. We got some clarification on what the call was for starters and then, too, to hear about uh, what how he felt about it. Like like I said, from uh, I he, I didn't expect him to blame the officials, nor was I, but I was uh, interested to hear his input on what he saw and, and what exactly went down. So that, those things were my favorite parts of the interview. Now, looking ahead to this Friday, this is no cakewalk team they got either. We got uh, a, a very uh, – uh, Capable North Murray Mountaineers football teams had a history of success, particularly in the last five to eight years. Um, tell us a little about what we know about North Murray and what we can expect this Friday. So the North Murray Mountaineers, they are a uh, 2A school, recently went down a classification like ourselves. So uh, recent years they have been a 3A school where we are uh, currently. They have had a lot of recent success. They uh, did drop their first game last week, but that was uh, to Dalton, who is a, a much larger 5A school, probably a little more than they could handle. But since uh, their current coach, Preston Pogue, took over in 2016, he's led them to six straight winning seasons. Uh, that includes a region title and a quarterfinal appearance in 2019 you know who played on that team? I believe it was a Georgia football player. Was a Georgia football player. Uh, wide receiver uh, Lane Lad. Lad, Lad McConkey. Lad, Lad yes. McConkey was on yes. that team. So uh, some history or some recent history there uh, with a with a player a lot of folks might know about. But obviously uh, they're they're going to be a tough contest on Friday. Uh, not only do they have a history of having. Uh, that good wide receiver. They also uh, have a very strong passing game currently. Uh, Georgia High School Football Daily, that uh, publication that I, I like to use for a lot of things, has named two of their players to uh, preseason All-State for Class 2A. That's their quarterback, Seth Griffin, and wide receiver, Jaden Rice. They actually called them uh, the top returning quarterback and receiver duo across the entire class. Uh, Griffin and Rice are both seniors. Griffin, he threw for uh, nearly 2,800 passing yards last season and 32 touchdowns. Rice caught 65 passes around 1,200 yards and 12 TDs. So we will definitely have our hands full with that passing game this Friday. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments the Dragons make this week and, and in preparation for this matchup. Again, another non-region contest, but still a key game, and you want to hopefully maybe get some momentum uh, early in the season to build on to as you go into the region part of the of the schedule. Uh, again, starting out 0-1 for the Dragons, so they're going to look to bounce back this Friday. I know we're excited and uh, to be covering, uh, making the road trip up to Chatsworth this Friday night with the Northside Hospital pregame show at 7 p.m. kickoff. Fingers crossed, 7:30 p.m. Uh, we're told it's a it's a beautiful view if it's a clear night up there uh, in Chatsworth from their stadium. So we're excited about uh, that backdrop there, uh, and uh, should be another uh, exciting game, Jess. Should be, like I said, uh, they they have some talent on their team. I you kind of look forward to that, and at the same time, uh, you don't because it it wouldn't make it tougher. But I, I like to see good games, uh, win or lose. I don't like to see uh, blowouts. I like to. Uh, one of the things I enjoy about doing this is not only getting to follow the home team Dragons around, but to see other schools and uh, see their venues and what kind of players they have, especially ones that are recently putting out, uh, you know, Division One SEC football players, uh, that sort of thing. So I, I'm excited uh, to see if these these guys can back up uh, the preseason accolades they've been given. Be great to see. Of course, they tuned with us on Friday night. We'll have coverage uh, for you all night long on Friday. Uh, again, want to thank and recognize this Pickens Football Weekly sponsor, Appalachian Gun Range, uh, down off Highway 515 and 108. Uh, really a state-of-the-art facility down there, Jess. I know we're excited. Uh, we have the opportunity uh, to us to, to come down. We're going to we're already looking at going, um, having our own firearms lesson, getting a, uh, a chance to shoot at the range there. Uh, and I hear it's a really nice facility and great location down there. Yeah, I'm uh, glad of the of the ownership and staff, Mr. Weaver, to extend that invitation to us. Uh, it will certainly be a lesson for me, uh, despite me living in Pickens County, uh, Georgia, for, for 30 years. I can count the amount of times I fired a gun on uh, one hand, probably. So it will it will definitely be a lesson. But I it is I am excited and glad that uh, he was willing to extend that invitation to us. Yeah, we're excited about going down there and that opportunity to try out the facility. But again. Appreciate them. I want to recognize them for making it possible we can have this Pickens Football Weekly extended coverage to the viewers and fans out there to get the inside look uh, behind the scenes with the Pickens football team as well as recap of the week before and the, look, the outlook for the week ahead. So, again, I want to thank our Pickens Football Weekly sponsor, Appalachian Gun Range. I want to thank you all for tuning in uh, to this Tri-State Communications Sports Network presentation of Pickens Football. And remember – to tune in this Friday night as uh, we travel back on the road to bring you live coverage of Pickens football when they take on the North Murray Mountaineers. Again, Northside Hospital pregame show at 7 p.m. and kickoff at 7.30. For, with 93.7 and 98.1 FM, you're listening to Tri-State Communications Sports Network. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. We thank you and take care.